Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. What is going on everyone and welcome back to the Wednesday Wednesday, right? Yes, Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday, everybody. The Wednesday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. Thank you to Jake Harry. Hari. I don't know how he pronounces it. It's one less letter than my name. Um, for covering for me, had something come up last minute. Jumped in. He's the man. Selfless little dude there. Maybe he's not a little dude. He's probably bigger than I am. But what's going on, Cliffy? How are you doing today? <laughs> Not too bad. Uh, yeah, Jake did well yesterday jumping in. He said it was his first time hosting probably in a while because you and I have been doing these shows, you know, basically constantly since at least the start of the bubble season. Um, doing good. Um, didn't really do so good last night. Winnipeg didn't really come through. It was Vancouver's top line that came through and sl- smashed that slate late for us. So, Uh, Congrats to anybody that was on that top line uh, for the Canucks last night. I was not. I was on Winnipeg. They, they, I watched only one period of that game. They didn't seem to be playing that bad, but um, they weren't generating. It didn't seem like they were generating a lot when that top line was off the ice. Uh, Minnesota certainly looks like as if they're rolling. Uh, The Jets do have to get healthy. Your boys, the old uh, New York Rangers, got shut out at home last night. Um, they didn't look good. I didn't watch much of that game, but certainly the numbers didn't bear that out and, uh, mixing a lot of things up in practice today. We also have a bunch of teams that played last night on tonight's slate. Boston, uh, played last night. Pittsburgh played last night. Calgary played last night. Vancouver played, or Vegas played last night. So probably should just mention there will be lineup news coming up a little bit later, um, in the day when coaches do their availability maybe around six Eastern, if not a little bit earlier. Um, so if you're a subscriber to Stochastic, make sure you check our members only discord for a lineup and injury news. Uh, but I didn't do well last night. How'd you do? I didn't even check goalie confirmations and started Mark Andre Fleury instead of Philip Gustafson, which was good. Cause I ended up going to bed early. We were, I was out of the house very early yesterday morning, got home pretty late, but Normally, I wouldn't be a fan of these back-to-backs, but these teams are just coming off like four or five days off, so it might not be the worst thing in the world for some of these teams. Some of them look pretty rusty. Maybe they'll get back on track um, today. I played Dallas, also played the Rangers' third line. It was pretty ugly. Uh, even if I played Gustafsson, who had a big score, I, I would have missed cash, so not a big deal. Um played light days I'm out of the house all day. I try not to play my full volume because I don't get too – prepare like I normally do. So we're back at it tonight. This is a little tricky five gamer, but we'll navigate y'all through it. Uh, but before we do give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up, keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, you know what to do. Hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Also, a lot of you guys in here, don't forget to sign up for the stochastic hall of fame by changing your avatar on DraftKings and FanDuel. You can do that at stochastic.com backslash avatar. 
If you finish in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants, either tweet the win to at StochasticHOF on Twitter or email us with your screenshot, and that will get you a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Also, I'll give you a shout out on the weekly Hall of Fame segments. Um, there was a new Hall of Fame segment I, I saw. Um, so I forget who hosted it, but it was like five minutes going through the Stochastic Hall of Fame last night. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, easy. I mean, it's not easy to finish top three in a contest, but if you do, you get a free month, which is nice. Let's get into this uh, five gamer here. We got, you know, some pretty big totals on this slate. You know, the Lightning have a big total, but they're at home. Penguins at home with a big total. Vegas has a big road total. So let's let's hop into it, try to navigate these waters here. We have the Montreal Canadiens with a 2.2 total heading into Tampa Bay. The Lightning have a 3.8 total. Jake Allen, Andre Vasilevsky confirmed. Habs with the lowest total on the slate, mixing up their lines, going Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki with Joel Armia. Second line of Mike Hoffman, Kirby Dock, Jonathan Drouin. Uh, third line of Slavkovsky, Dvorak, and Anderson. Not really sure that is optimal for DFS. Not that the Habs have like much optimal lines besides Caulfield, Suzuki, Dock, But I think they're just trying to lengthen out the lineup here. But it's probably not going to help as their biggest issues are on the blue line and the net. Justin Barron's going to make his NHL debut. He's not in the DK player pool. And he might get some power play one time, but I don't know if this is the slate for it. Looking at the Tampa side, there is not a, not a tremendous amount of ownership on Tampa 1 here. The most ownership is going to Steven Stamkos. This is as good as a power play as it gets. The, power, the lightning power play with Hedman has been very poor this season, but if there is an ever a get-right spot, this is the spot. Yeah, um, I'm glad you mentioned that Tampa Bay power play because I think it's pretty important. Like power play scoring just in general is very important. I mean, if you look at um, year-to-year averages, um, the efficiency of power plays this year is amongst the best it's ever been in NHL history, or at least um, since they started tracking uh, power play efficiency. It's sitting at 22.4% league-wide um you'd have to go back to the early 80s (laughs) to get um anything close to that and what's compounding that is uh 3.26 power play opportunities per game that's a 10-year high and close to what we saw um just before that 2013 lockout so power play scoring across the league very important these are two teams without very good power plays it's mentioning in our discord uh montreal power play um, their defensemen have six power play points combined on the season, while Edmonton's Tyson Berry has 12 in December by himself. Um, as you mentioned, probably doesn't matter who's running, if Justin Barron's running the top power play or not for Montreal. But to stay with Tampa, yeah, the what I wanted to mention was it's not just conjecture um, or, you know, just watching the game that the Tampa power play looks worse. The numbers are pretty bad. Um the Tampa uh, top power play unit with Mikhail Sergachev there generates 116 shot attempts and nine goals per 60 minutes with uh, Victor Hedman there. It's 91 shot attempts and 6.7 goals uh, per 60 minutes. So a pretty steep drop off like nine would put you probably somewhere around the top 10 in the NHL. 6.7 would put you in the bottom third of the league. It's a pretty big gap. Um that's not what you want to see from this Tampa power play because they had been so good for so many years. And I'm not sure that it's just a small sample issue or something like that. Um, I was looking at some of Victor Hedman's five on five numbers and his scoring chance contributions at five on five are down about 15% from last year. And when you're talking about defensemen, 15% is a sizable drop off. Um, because they don't generate as much as forwards, generally speaking. So he's having trouble generating a five-on-five. It would stand to reason that the same would apply to the power play, and then the numbers certainly bear that out. So you're right. It is a get-right spot for that power play because Montreal penalty kill has generally been pretty bad. The goaltending was something that was saving them through the team's like first 25 games, give or take, um, really let them down over the last 10 or so. So um, it is a good spot for Tampa's uh, power play. 
uh, top unit staying uh, as consistent as it's been pretty much all season. Um, so obviously you're fine just fully stacking that Tampa one line, as you mentioned, not coming in with like a ton of ownership. I think the ownership probably comes up a little bit as the day wears on just because it is such a big total and a reasonable price. Like I could see them, you know, definitely coming in with more ownership than Pittsburgh's top line, um, which is in a kind of a similar spot here tonight. So um, I do think there will be a lot of ownership on Tampa. Um, this is the state, this is kind of the spot that Boston is in um, with regards to Pasternak and Stamkos. Like Stamkos just produces so well on the power play that if you are stacking, you might wind up like, I would rather find like play the four Tampa forwards and put in Victor Hedman on the blue line. Uh, like that's just kind of where he is at this point. So I would probably try to find a way to get Steven Stamkos in there. What I want to talk about specifically um, on the Tampa side is Ross Colton jumping up to the second line for Tampa Bay. Um, I do write about season long fantasy hockey at a different website. Ross Colton was a guy that I thought might have a breakout season this year and he's not playing poorly. Uh, like he's on pace for over 20 goals and that's playing under 12 minutes a night in Tampa Bay's bottom six. Um, his scoring chance contributions, what I just mentioned with Victor Hedman were really, really strong last year. Um, his number was 9.4 per 60 minutes of five on five in the same range as other wingers like Victor Arvidsson, Andrew Mangiapane, and David Pasternak. Um, this year, it's the exact same number in the 100 minutes that I saw um, in the same range with names like Valerie Nachushkin, Tyler Toffoli, and Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, a lot of it comes from his individual scoring chances, but the playmaking is getting better. I think that he has the chance to be kind of like the breakout star or one of the breakout stars of the second half of the season. If he can stay in Tampa Bay's top six, that's the whole problem here, right? Is maybe this, you know, Montreal gets a lucky couple goals, um, gets up to nothing, and then Ross Colton's back to the bottom six and they move Alex Kalorn back up or they move Anthony Sorelli up finally or, or something like that. Like I can see that happening pretty easily. That's the problem with stacking Tampa Bay's second line. Um, but I have a lot of faith in Colton's abilities um, and his skills, and I think he can mesh, mesh pretty well with Steven Stamkos, who's become, you know, a little bit of a better playmaker um, as he's aged. So I don't even mind just uh, full stacking that Tampa second line. If you, you know, if you're worried about Tampa's top line coming in with much higher ownership than what we're projecting, or, you know, you want to, um, you know, save a lot of money, but still get a piece of the top power play unit. I think you're fine to even go to Tampa too, because they've been using that Tampa second line against opposing second lines. Um, while I think Kirby Doc and Mike Hoffman probably make a decent two thirds of a line, I don't think Jonathan Drouin, uh, like there's a reason why he's been kind of a healthy scratch at times this year, even if he's been injured, recovering from injury, he's just not playing well. Um, you know, that Tampa second line going into Montreal's middle six, like you said, <laughs> just not a whole lot going on, uh, for Montreal, uh, on those second and third lines. So. I do like the Tampa second line here. They might come in with a lot of ownership, um, but I, I I do like that trio um, adding Ross Colton um, to Nick Paul and Steven Stamkos. The third line is kind of interesting here. Um, Sorelli and um, Pat Maroon have been playing pretty well since Sorelli got back to the lineup. 3.7 expected goals for 2.2 against per 60 minutes. They're, they've been dominant. Now, they have been getting sent out against opposing top lines, and Montreal's top line has typically been fine defensively, but Kirby Doc is the difference maker defensively on that top line. With Caulfield, Suzuki next to Armia, Armia's having a bad season of his own. It's not really a terrible matchup for that Tampa third line. So, you know, if you want to dip down and do like a two-man, like Kalorn and Maroon or something like that, I don't even think you have to play uh, an expensive um Anthony Sorelli, 5,600 on DraftKings. Like, I can't even figure that out. Um, so I, I don't even mind a cheap two-man from the Tampa third line. I I, I like all Tampa's three lines. I think, you know, it's pretty obvious by the implied goal total. Um, but I think there are options here if you want to go past uh, the Tampa Bay top line. On the Montreal side, honestly, like I said, I, I don't really, really like having Armia next to Suzuki. They played a little bit together this year, a little bit together last year. Um, you know, controlling uh, under 40% of the shot attempts in their 55 minutes together. Uh, Joel Armia has awful expected goals impacts so far this season. 
Like, there's a reason why he hasn't really been moved up the lineup, even though they have had um, injuries on the wing. Um, it's because he's just been playing poorly. Now, I think this is an attempt to kind of get his offensive game going, playing with, you know, maybe their two best offensive players. I just think it'll kind of go the other way, and he'll just drag them down. So I'm not in on Montreal one. I think the place – I think with Montreal, I'm not stacking anything. It would be one-offs. Like, I think a one-off Mike Hoffman is certainly just fine. Uh, a one-off Josh Anderson is always something that's in play with me. I don't know that I'm stacking anything on the Montreal side. Um, if people have 150 lineups going, want to get a little bit of the top line or something like that, you know, go ahead. Um, but I think it's one-offs for me from the Montreal side. I really do like the Tampa top line, but I kind of like the depth options there better when I look at what you can do um, playing them um, with the players on the rest of the slate. Yeah, real quick. I, I like Pat, Pat Maroon. Yeah, Patty Maroon. <laughs> Patty Maroon. Patty right. Maroon. Listen, don't man, know. you don't have to be a great hockey player to score against Montreal. <laughs> I can't say I wrote down Pat Maroon on my notes. I think like someone like a Ryan Donato would be more my Well, it uh, appears as though we've lost Josh real quick. Um, hopefully he can get back here uh, in uh, relatively short order. I'm going to leave his beautiful face up on the screen for you guys to look at for a little bit. Um, we'll get to the defenseman real quick. Um, as we mentioned, Justin Barron is jumping into the lineup for the Habs. Uh, so he... Seeing is believing. And you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung. More wow than ever. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Um, could end up running the top power play. He's not in the DK player pool. There's nothing you can do about that. Caden Gooley's been playing a lot of minutes for Montreal. I think he has two shot blocks in three straight games. Like he's just been on the cusp of getting that block bonus on DraftKings. Um, so, I, you know, I don't mind Gooley because they might see a lot of volume here tonight, but there's really not a lot. I like four blue liners uh, on the Montreal side. On the Tampa Bay side, you know, if, if people want to play Victor Hedman because they think this is a pretty good power play spot, which it is, and, you know, uh, want to get him in, uh, no issues really with that. But again, power play's just been pretty bad, and I think he's been over, he's overpriced for what he's done so far this season. It's, it's kind of a legacy pricing thing. At this point, um, you know, Eric Chernak under 3K playing 21 plus minutes, you know, on average of late. I think he's fine if you need a sub 3K defenseman. Um, I'll just talk about the goalies real quick. Uh, Jake Allen uh, by our uh, lineup builder, which I'll bring up here um, really quickly. Um, sorry, wrong button. Uh, eight. 0.08 points over on DraftKings, 10.47 on FanDuel. I don't think that's the lowest for any goalie so far this season, but it's certainly not far off either. So I'm um, not really in on Jake Allen. Don't expect um, he'll pull uh, Stuart Skinner from last night. So, you know, I guess Vassie had definitely has shutout upside, but I think you really need him to get the shutout to hit that upside. And I think that's a little bit of a big, too, too big of a risk for me. So, Going to let both goalies go here. 
Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Boston Bruins, 3.2 implied, uh, up to a 3.3 implied goal total. Uh, sorry, as the day's gone on here. Um, going into New Jersey to face the Devils, the Devils have a 3.2 implied goal total. Now, in case uh, people have a tough time remembering, because I certainly do as the days wear on, two teams played just before the Christmas break. Um, Boston won 4-3. Um, um, against New Jersey. Um, so obviously these two teams, despite being pretty good defensively, can score goals against each other. Um, uh, Linus Allmark is probably going to start for Boston in this one because it was Jeremy Swayman uh, last night. Um, Allmark was in net for that 4-3 win, saved 37 of 40 shots. He's been fantastic so far this season. Vitek Vanacek um, expected to go on the other side here, though neither um, has been confirmed, at least uh, as I saw when we were starting the show. So um, New Jersey's going with the lines that they kind of went into the break with. That means uh, Tatar, Hishier, and Fabian Zetterlund on the top line. Um, second line of Eric Holla, Jack Hughes, um, and Jesper Bratt, uh, Sharon Govich, Bockfist, Mercer. Third line, Tice Thompson drawing in on the fourth line for New Jersey, um, taking the spot of Alex Holtz. Um, on the Boston side, oh, looks like we got um, Josh back here. Um, Josh, we're just getting to – we're just starting the New Jersey-Boston game, so if you want to just lead us off um, and uh, give us a little bit of an intro for that for that game here. Pat Maroon? <laughs> okay. Is that, is that... Uh <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I missed the show because of Pat Maroon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I said Pat Maroon. And my power went out. I don't know. Um, all right. Boston, the 3.3 total heading to Jersey. The Devils have a 3.2 total. Boston played last night with Jeremy Swayman. It's going to be Linus Olmark most likely tonight. Vitek Vanacek was in the starters net this morning for the Devils. Now, Devils have a pretty high total here, despite, you know, this is a, you know, Omar is the better goalie here. The Nico Heischer line is probably going into Bergeron. I guess that explains why the Hughes line has so much ownership here. But, like, they're getting higher ownership than the Tampa top line, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, even though they're going to get the Boston second line, Boston's still a very good team. Omar is arguably in the Vezina conversation. Like, I just, like, if Jack Hughes' line is going to be 15 16%, I, going against Boston, I, I don't want to play them. I think, you know, Boston going into New Jersey is equally as tough of a matchup, and they're getting less ownership. Like, I just, I don't know what to make of this game. Like, both of these top six lines are getting more ownership than I want them to do more than I want them to, so which kind of defaults me to Tampa 1. But I also feel like a lot of this ownership is going to go to Tampa 1, so I'm not really sure what to make of this game. Yeah, I think part of it is just the reasonable pricing on that New Jersey line, right? Like Jack Hughes, 7,900, okay, that's expensive. But Jesper Bratt at 5,500 is considerably less um, than what we've seen him. He was at 5,600 in that game. Um, against Boston just before the break, but he's been pretty much in the 6K range, you know, for a month plus, you know, before that. I think the price drop is certainly part of it. Um, and it's not as if that Hughes Brad hollow line has been bad. Um, 3.9 expected goals for 1.4 against 3.6 actual goals for per 60 minutes. And the one knock on Brad for a lot of the season had been his shooting, right? Um, but he has put up 20 shots in his last five games. So he's starting to shoot the puck a little bit more. I don't, you know, can't expect him to keep up four shots per game. But you know, even if he can stay somewhere around three, that's a big, big boost over what he was doing a little bit earlier in the season. Um, you know, Eric Holler continues um, his <laughs> non-toward pace, uh, goal scoring pace this season. I think he's up to two goals now shooting a career worst shooting percentage. So, like, I kind of get that especially where you're right. Like the history line did take um, the Bergeron line in the matchup in that game um, just before Christmas. Um, it was, um, you know, New Jersey two out against Boston two. Boston two, you know, also pretty good defensively, um, not as good as defensively as the top line. I don't think that'd be 
much of a surprise to anyone. Um, don't you know generate as much offense, so maybe the Hughes line can get there. Um, that New Jersey third line also pretty good. Um, 3.5 expected goals for 1.3 against, you know, it's just shooting percentage issues. Shooting percentage issues are the problem for like every New Jersey line. That's been the case pretty much all year. Um, but Mercer, Sharon Govich and Bockfist had played reasonably well. I don't know if I'd full stack them against the Bruins with all Mark and net, but I think you can definitely one off some guys from that line. So one off Mercer, one off Sharon Govich or something like that. I think that's perfectly playable on the Boston side. What I'll mention is two what could be important lineup changes for the Bruins um, and a late power play last night against Ottawa was the game was two, two at that point. I think they took Hampus Lindholm off the top power play, unit, put David Krejci on now that's something they have gone with five forwards on the top power play at times this year is more teams seem to be doing that. Uh, Montreal is probably going to do that tonight. Um, Toronto's been doing that in their last few games. So um, it's definitely becoming more popular, whether they stick with that or not, who knows, like we won't know until they get an actual power play in this game, but it could give, you know, that Boston second line, two guys on the top power play unit, which would be a pretty big boost. And the other lineup note is that Taylor Hall spent the second half or the entire third period of the game last night on the second line with Krejci and Pasternak. Now that's something they've done at times this year and then gone right back to Taylor Hall to the third line. I'm just waiting for the time when they eventually just leave Pavel Zaka on the third line where he should be like he he's just not good enough offensively to really help push Krejci and Pasternak to, you know, good top six scoring numbers. I think, um, you know, Taylor Hall, at least with Hall, it's, you know, 2.7 expected goals for per 60 minutes. Um, Again, it's just a shooting percentage issue. So, um I guess we won't know until warmups if Taylor Hall's on the second line. I just I guess something to watch for in warmups. Honestly, there's just not a ton that I like from the Boston side as far as three-man stacking goes. Like, I don't want to stack the top line and leave Pasternak off. Um, that's something I'm, you know, we've mentioned on the last few shows. Pasternak's just way too involved in the offense, especially on the power play. Now, the Devils typically have a good penalty kill and don't take a lot of penalties. Um so it's not a great power play spot. Um, but, you know, I think it may, lends to, you know, just one-offing David Pasternak or something like that if you want. Um, you know, the Boston top line certainly in play here. Um, New Jersey top line is pretty good defensively. Um, we have seen their goaltending let them down at times. But honestly, there's just not a lot from the Bruins I like. Um, if the second line was Pasternak, Krejci, and Hall, like I might stack that against the Hughes line. You know what I mean? Especially if Krejci could get some top power play time, but we won't know until warm up. So for now, I'll just say I, I think I just kind of like maybe some one off, one offing some guys in this one. I, you know, Thomas Tatar's price is reasonable, top power play minutes. Um, you know, that's fine. One offing David Pasternak if you want to, if you want to spend up there on, on a short slate, I think that's fine. Um, but that's probably about it. Um, I, I think you can see some, even if, you know, these teams do end up like 3-3 going into overtime, I think you can see some spread out scoring. So um, I don't think I'm stacking anything out of this one, but I'll be quite honest. It, it feels weird to say that because I think there there could be at least five playable lines in this game, um, depending how Boston does their five-on-five five lines. And But I'm just not stacking anything out of here. Yeah, I, I don't particularly love this game despite a six and a half total which feels bad but like i don't know i kind of agree with what you just said don't love stacking anything i guess like if anything it'd be huge brat but the ownership is pretty high there i guess you could one off david posternock that's no issue whatsoever there let's move to the blue line i think this is a decent spot for dougie hamilton like he gets five on five stuff done as well i just I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to spend up 6,800 here when you have guys like Crystal Tang in a pretty good power play spot. You got Alex Petrangelo a little bit more expensive in a very, very good power play spot. Uh, you have, you know, Rasmus Anderson cheaper in a very good power play spot. So, I mean, like Dougie, I guess is fine. There's just other guys I like more. Uh, so I think I'd go to like Siegenthaler or Severson. On the Boston side, I think it's Hampus Lindholm. I think he's fine at 4,900 um, in Boston stacks, whereas a one-off, I also don't mind Brandon Carlo. 
Yeah, the, the New Jersey defenseman's kind of tough here because, you know, Marino and Graves are injured. Um, so they are, are playing Kevin Ball and Nikita Okotiuk. Is that how that's pronounced? Um, we'll go that's with that. Long guy. <laughs> yeah, they typically don't play a lot of minutes when they're in. Like Brendan Smith has been up over 20 minutes a game with those injury with those guys injured. Rangers and I, yeah, I bet Dougie Hamilton could get could get up to like 24, 25 minutes tonight, which is you know not something that he did through the first 25 games of the season. That's kind of the only reason why I don't really hate playing Hamilton here is that it could be a 25 minute game out of him. Um it's just whether they gen- he, they generate enough offense that he ends up smashing the slate. But I'll honestly, I do think New Jersey has four playable defensemen. If I'm not paying up for Hamilton, I think I'll let Severson go and it'd be Siegenthaler or Smith to try to rack up um, those peripherals on DraftKings. So um, depending on what price point you need, I do think there are, are multiple playable defensemen on the New Jersey side. If I had to pick just one for a point per dollar, I would go with Brendan Smith. But I, I do think there are multiple multiple guys on the New Jersey blue line that you can play tonight. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by BetMGM. We can get you a risk-free bet on BetMGM up to $1,000 in two months of Stochastic Platinum for free. All you got to do is sign up. You know, you have to have a Stochastic membership if you got one. Just sign in. If you don't, just make one. It's free and easy. You sign up with BetMGM. You do all that jazz. I got a couple bets on BetMGM. If you want to use that when you sign up, you need to deposit at least 10 depending on your risk-free tolerance. If you want your risk-free bet to be $10, deposit 10 If you want it, 100 etc., etc. Um, a couple bets I was looking at today on BetMGM is Victor Hedman anytime assist. Uh, that's coming in at minus 105. And we just talked about how he has not been great at five on five, and this is a good power play matchup. So if you wanted to juice that up a little bit to a power play point, you can get him over 0.5 power play points at plus 175 if he scores accounts, assist accounts, etc. So your bet must settle to qualify for the stochastic subscription. After you completed all those steps, you'll receive an email from BetMGM with instructions for redeeming your two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. As always, the best way to get these deals is click the link in the description. It is the top link in the description. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad, unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung. More wow than ever. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No and go from there. It'll give us credit. We like credit. You like free stuff. It's a win, win, win. And more winning. Who doesn't like winning? Charlie Sheen. Detroit Red Wings with a 2.7 total heading into Pittsburgh. The Penguins have a 3.7 total. Vili Husso is probable. Pittsburgh went last night with Tristan Yari. So it's probably going to be Casey DeSmith. I've been on the Casey DeSmith is better than Tristan Yari train for a season and a half here. Uh, I don't know what that means for Casey DeSmith other than, I don't know. I'm just, I just haven't been a big believer in the Penguins goalies at all. It's easy to say that after Yari kind of got bombed last night, but I, I'm kind of hoping DeSmith gets a, a decent run here. Um I just these Red Wing wines just make me want to play Pat Maroon. Apparently, <laughs> no. uh, yeah, they these lines are looking kind of rough um, for Detroit. Obviously, Michael Rasmussen top line, Ernie Cop Raymond on the second line. Um, I, I was I dropped it in our Discord earlier, um, coming from the stats website, Evolving Hockey. Um, the three Detroit forwards with the worst expected goals impact. 
on the team are Adam Ernie, Andrew Kopp, and Lucas Raymond, and they're all playing on the same line together. Um, we've not been very kind to Andrew Kopp on this show pretty much all season. Um, he hasn't played well. Uh, it, it's not just us saying that. It's whether you look at the numbers, whether you look at his production, it doesn't matter what you look at. He just hasn't been playing well um, since uh, signing in the offseason. Um, it is a back-to-back for Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh can be a pretty frustrating team because I, I think one of the beat writers put it well last night. Like when Pittsburgh's not playing well, which they didn't last night, they looked like garbage against the Islanders. There aren't many teams that look worse in the NHL. And it, it's just a, it's just a function of the things they try to do and then fail to accomplish. Like, I think that's a big problem with their power plays. There's always that one extra pass at the blue line or that one extra move just inside the blue line that turns the puck over and then it goes back down the other way. Like it, it, it just seems out of sync at times. And then there are times that they just blow the doors off the opponent. Like they're a good team, just a little bit inconsistent. It's a good matchup at home uh, against Detroit here. Um, should be expecting the same lines for the Penguins. Um, you know, the top line has been pretty good. Um, for Pittsburgh um, this season, 3.6 expected goals for 2.7 against 3.1 actual goals for 2.1 against um, Jake Gensel hasn't been shooting a lot lately. He's only had 28 shots in his last 10 games. Um, that's not what you want to see from him shot wise. Um, you know, he last season, he was at three and a half shots per game over a full year. You don't want to see him under three over any meaningful stretch. I wonder if the introduction of Ricard Raquel has anything to do there because, you know, Raquel has been shooting the puck a reasonable amount of his own. So maybe they're just kind of splitting shots in a way they weren't with Brian Rust up there. But um, regardless, they're going to be going into um, that Detroit top line, which, you know, Rasmussen and Perron, their numbers together this year actually haven't been bad. Um, two and a half expected goals for two against. Um, now the shooting percentage and save percentage when they've been on the ice have been a little wonky. So lots of goals for, lots of goals against, but they have been playing reasonably well. Like I think it's probably their best defensive line, which would put Pittsburgh's top line ostensibly in the worst matchup, even though the Pittsburgh top line has been really good. So, you know, it's a fine matchup for Pittsburgh one. I think it's Pittsburgh two that I kind of like here. Um, you know, Brian Rust had got his ice time nuked, um, benched a little bit last night, only played 14 minutes. Maybe that puts a little bit of a fire under him. But Pittsburgh two has been excellent so far this year. 3.7 expected goals for 2.2 against. The problem is shooting under 6% since Thanksgiving. Um, you got to think that's going to regress eventually. They're going to get a lot of that Raymond and Cop matchup. Um, Raymond and Cop certainly have not been good together this year. 1.9 expected goals for 3.7 expected goals against per 60 minutes. That's just that's just awful. Um, 1.8 actual goals for 5.2 actual goals against. Like they're just getting ran over. I think this is a pretty good spot for Pittsburgh too. Um, you know, if you don't want to go with a um, what I think will be a higher own Pittsburgh top line, I think Pittsburgh too is perfectly fine here. Um, you know, Detroit doesn't take a ton of penalties. Not that Pittsburgh's power play has generally been great this year, better with Raquel, but generally not great. Um, so no, not necessarily, you don't necessarily need perfect power play correlation in this one. Um, you know, if you want to just use Pittsburgh one, then throw in Evgeny Malkin, make it a power play stack. I think that's perfectly fine here. I would probably try to get Malkin in my lineups one way or another, but I do like that spot for Pittsburgh too. I think the interesting depth line here is Detroit three. Uh, let me just kind of talk about that for a second. Um, Kubelik and Pia Suter have 80 minutes together this year. 3.3 expected goals for 3.1 against per 60 minutes. To put that into context, it's kind of similar to what Nazem Kadri and Andrew Mangiapane were doing in Calgary when they were skating together from, you know, basically the first two months of the season. Um, the problem is uh, shooting percentages, um, you know, they're just shooting 5% in their minutes together. But Pia Suter is having a real nice season by expected goals impacts. Um, Dominic Kubelik, while, you know, definitely not on the tear he was on earlier this season, still at 2.7 shots per game since Thanksgiving. 
um, which is basically since he got moved off the top line, like he's still getting involved offensively. If anything, on the Detroit side, I think it's, you know, getting it two man off that third line, like Kubelik and Suter, Kubelik and Sunkvist, um, just something like that. I think that's kind of where I'm going, uh, if anything, on the Detroit side. For me, on Pittsburgh, is Pittsburgh two. But, um, you know, if you want to make it a power play stack, I think that's just fine as well. Yeah, I I wish Kubelik was less expensive on DraftKings. 5300 Yeah, is a bit pricey for a third liner here. It's, um, it's kind of like that old Anthony Sorelli, Pat Maroon problem. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not crash my computer again. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. If you say that the Jack Hughes line on the Devils is the top line, the second line for Pittsburgh is the highest projected second line of the night. And they're getting an unbelievable matchup. Like Andrew Kopp has not looked good really since he was on the third line in Winnipeg last year. So, like, you get guys like Lucas Raymond, who's barely, like, out of diapers. He's, like, 14 years old. Adam Ernie, like, that. this is one of the worst put-together lines in the NHL. So, I think I agree with you. Pittsburgh 2 would be my preferred option. Now, obviously, if you want to go to Pittsburgh 1, I think that's perfectly fine. But when push comes to shove, I think I like the Tampa top line a bit better than the Pittsburgh top line. So, Pittsburgh 1, perfectly fine. But Pitt 2 is where I'm looking on the Detroit side. If Kubelik was cheaper, I, I wouldn't mind that third line. I just, you know, like, I don't think you need to full stack. If you're using those expensive guys, I think, you know, Suter Sunquist would be okay. Um, for me, like, I think I'd rather go with like a Larkin Rasmussen or Rasmussen Perron or something like that. But I am definitely not going to be prioritizing Detroit on this slate. So let's move to the blue line. Um, Crystal Tang, 5,400 top power play. Detroit doesn't take many penalties, but when they do, like their, their penalty kill hasn't been great. Crystal Tang has been shooting the puck more. I know he didn't shoot too much last night, but at that price, I think he's fine to add into your Pittsburgh stacks. Otherwise, not much on the Pittsburgh side. On the Detroit side, Mord Cedar on the top power play, I think is fine. Jake Wallman probably still the guy for me yeah i was waiting to hear that name uh jake wallman averaging 20 minutes in his last five games 16 shots and 12 blocks in those five games he's been getting the job done peripherally i like i was looking at why he's not scoring points there's something called individual points percentage and it's the rate at which a player gets a point when his team scores a goal with him on the ice defenseman like really good defensemen can be like in depending on what strength can be, you know, around 40, 50%, a lot of defensemen around the 30 to 40% mark. Wallman's at 12% in his 16 games. That's going to regress pretty heavily over, you know, the final 50 games of the season or whatever he's going to play. Um, I think he, he's going to see a pretty big uptick in his point production, even on a bad team um, in the second half. I do like Wallman at 3K. I think if things go go well for him, go right for him over the next month. He'll, he'll be like a 4K-ish defenseman. So um, I do like Wallman. Um, you know, Chris Tang obviously just fine uh, if you want to put him in with your Pittsburgh stacks. Um, shout out to everybody that played Pierre-Olivier Joseph last night. I think the guy that won the $12 single entry on DK had him. Wasn't getting down that deep. Um, probably Wallman is the guy that I honestly like the most in this game. Um, yeah. Cedar's just not doing a lot this year. Yeah. Remember when the Wings traded Nick Letty to the Blues for Jake Wallman? We are laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Blues signed him to a four by four, which is just hysterically awful. Sorry, Haas. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Vegas Golden Knights with a 3.4 heading into Anaheim. The Ducks have a 2.7. Vegas is on a back-to-back on the road. They went with uh, Logan Thompson last night, so it's probably going to be Aiden Hill. And John Gibson is confirmed. It looks like Jonathan Marchessault will be back tonight. That will push Michael Amadio down to power play two. He'll stick up on that top line, though, with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Second line would be Smith, Carlson, Marchessault. You had uh, – I don't want to call it a rant. You had some – like a informational – <laughs> on the Ducks when the top line is off the ice. I'll let you talk about that. I do have some interest in the Ducks top line tonight just because I, I'm not a huge believer in Aiden Hill and that 
Vegas top line without Eichel isn't great. I think, you know, that Vegas second line, we'll have to wait. You know, March is so 7K on DraftKings. Like, I, like the Ducks' depth is awful. So, yeah, going to that night second line is fine. I want to see an ownership run with Marshall. So in other than the Ducks top line though, other than like, yeah, like in the depth, maybe some Mason McTavish for the power play, but it's top line or bust for the Ducks. Yeah. What I mentioned was with the Anaheim top line on the ice this year, um, the team is uh, controlling nearly 54% of the expected goals at five on five and nearly 54% of the actual goals. So they're an actual NHL top six line. Um, that's why we keep playing them when they're off the ice. It's under 30% of the goal share and 35% of the expected goal share. That's any line that's on the ice. Um, when Henry Zegers and Terry aren't there. Those that's just AHL numbers. Like if you have a guy performing consistently at a 35% expected goal share, he goes to the AHL. They can't demote the entire team. So they got to stick this out for another 45, whatever games. Um, We don't even know what the Anaheim Ducks lines are going to be like. Um, The ones that we have in our lineup builder are kind of from the last game, but honestly, just go look at the last game. They, there were dozens of <laughs> forward combinations that they used. Um, they stuck with the top line, which is what they normally do. Um, but everybody else was just completely jumbled around. Like, good luck trying to pick pick any pair of forwards outside the top line that actually finish the start and finish the game together. So, yeah, if you want a one-off uh, McTavish, I think that's fine. Frank Vitrano, he's shooting the puck at least. So, if you want a one-off him, that's fine. But yeah, top line or bust for me from the Ducks. Not sure I'll be getting to the Anaheim top line if they come in um, with double-digit ownership. Um, you know, I get that they're reasonably priced, and if you know if the Ducks score three or four goals, they'll probably be involved. Um, but they're right in line with the Vegas top line. I honestly, I would rather play the Vegas top line. <laughs> like it's still the Anaheim Ducks. What like what are we even talking about here? Um, the problem with the Vegas second line, as it's been, even with Marshall so there, is shooting percentage. Like, they're only scoring 2.1 goals per 60 minutes this year, despite generating over 3.1 expected goals, because it's shooting 6.5% of 5-on-5. Five five. I was looking to see how bad it was the prior two seasons. In the prior two seasons, shooting 7.2%. So it's not as if the 6.5% this year is very far off. It's pretty much right in range with what they normally do. So. That's the problem with stacking Vegas too, is that they can generate a lot of shots, just not a lot of goals. So I think I'd be more apt to two man, like a Marshall and a Smith or a Carlson and a Marshall. So something like that, rather than just full on three man stacking, um, you know, they can get lucky with shooting percentage in any game, but uh, it just feels like a little bit of a long shot. Even if this is the Anaheim ducks, I'm going to be honest. I don't mind the Vegas top line. Um, Michael Amadio is a guy that I was been kind of high on as a playmaker for a number of years. He's just never been able to really stick around anywhere. Um, he, the Vegas team seems to like him um, in a small sample with Mike Stone, with Mark Stone this year, they have a, a shot share out of around 60%, which is really, really strong. Um, I think, I'm I'm thinking he keeps his power play role even with Marcheseau back. I think they just leave the top line together and add Marcheseau and take Riley Smith and move him to the second power play unit. So you could get perfect correlation on the top Vegas line as well. Like if this Vegas line, honestly, if this if that line comes in anywhere's around ten percent, it's the Anaheim Ducks. It's probably the worst team in the NHL. Um, if they're going to come in around 10% on a five-game slate, yeah, I'm going to play the top line even with Michael Amadio there. So I do like Vegas 1 here. If you want to play Vegas 2, go right ahead. Honestly, I'd rather play Vegas 1 at lower ownership. That's just kind of the way it is. Vegas 3, I think, is in play just because of how bad. Um... Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Anaheim is, but they're actually carrying reasonable ownership, like over 3% on DraftKings, which is more than double of the Detroit line that I just talked about. So I think I'd rather just do what you said. And, and if you want to go super cheap, do like a suitor Sunfist from Detroit 3 rather than um, go with Vegas 3. But yeah, I, you know, if you want two-man carrier, and, and Roy or something like that. I think that's in play, but I think it's both top lines in this game that I like the most. And I would le- obviously be leaning uh, to Vegas one here. Yeah. Ownership aside, I think the Vegas third line's my favorite third line that you've mentioned today, just because William Carrier, the real wild bill is probably my favorite third. And he's like priced appropriately too. Yeah. You know, Roy Carrier, two man, 5,900. It's not going to break the bank putting in like Kubalik who might play 13 minutes. You know that Vegas third line, they they get like consistently 13 to 15 minutes and it's the Ducks depth. You know what I mean? Like yeah, fair enough. Like yeah, after 4%, oh well. Like I think Carrier can score, you know. You know, I I'm not sure if Pat Maroon can score unless like a puck goes goes in off his big dump truck in front of the net but like yeah when like i was kind of um i forgot the word but i kind of wanted to see will and carrier up on that top line with stevenson and stone when eichel went down but uh yeah i guess they like him in the bottom six role so yeah uh vegas three is my favorite third line that you mentioned between just them. to jump in real quick about marcia so um it's not confirmed that he's in yet i've looked at a couple different um Vegas beat writers and I haven't seen a confirmation that he's going to be in. It's just that he's on the trip with the team. So they're assuming he's at least available tonight. Um, That that could make a little bit of a difference considering how expensive Marshall is. And this is a late game. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal. He's in our lineup builder. That's why I assumed, you know what assuming does it makes an ass out of you and me, but as a 10 PM game, if you are interested in using Marshall, if you don't get news, just keep swaps ready. I also like Mason McTavish, technically a third liner as well. I like him on the third line. Let's move to the blue line here. Uh, Cam Fowler running power play one for the Ducks, 3,900. Don't mind him. He's kind of, he's very point reliant though. So if you don't think that the Ducks are going to get there, I wouldn't play Fowler. If you are playing the Ducks, I think you can add him in. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov, 3,200 would probably be the other guy on the – Vegas side, Alex Petrangelo at 7K, I think is perfectly fine. This is a very good power play spot. He gets peripherals. Alec Martinez also got hurt last night. I There was obviously not going to be much update on him. If he's out, don't mind like Braden McNabb or Daniil Miramanov. Yeah, you mentioned Cam Fowler. I was looking at his game logs earlier. He has one game this year with 15 DraftKings points where he didn't score a goal. Um, you want to talk about being point reliant. Like this isn't a guy that's going to go out and get a shot and a block bonus for you and just smash, even if he stays off the score sheet. That's kind of the problem with playing Fowler. But yeah, where he's running the power play and plays so many minutes, he's obviously just fine. Um, Nick Hague's projecting super well um, with Alec Martinez yeah, injured last night. He's probably going to play some pretty heavy minutes again. Like Hague was up around 25 minutes last night. Probably one of my favorite defensemen in that 3K range on the slate. Yeah, this slate is uh, quite the doozy as we're getting through it here. We have a three-day free trial for your new users. It's free, and it gives you everything that we have to offer for NHL. Most important part, as always, click the link in the description below. Um, you get projections, ownership, top stacks, tools, rankings, everything you need. There's the top tax tool, the top stacks tool that Cliffy has up on the screen. Here's the lineup builder. I know you and Jake went through kind of a, a lineup 
yesterday you put Lane Peterson in there. You lost me there. But that's the kind of stuff you can go through. It has all the great stuff that is very good access to our Discord, uh, which is invaluable for late news. There's a bunch of really sharp minds in there. Um, yeah, so if you are on the fence about joining the Stochastic crew, click the link in the description below. Give everything a test drive for that three-day free trial. If you don't like it, which if you don't, you're lying, you'll like it. Then you get a subscription, but you can try everything out for three days. Let's get to the last game of the night. The Calgary Flames with a three total heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a three total as well. Daniel Vladar, Philip Grubauer, probable. Flames played last night as well. They lost with Mark Sherman-Net. Looks like Seattle going with McCann, Veneers, Everlay, Schwartz, Wenberg, Burakovsky, Donato, Gord, Bjorkstrand. Same lines for the Flames, assuming uh, the Muppet doesn't blow them up. Like, again, here we are with the Seattle conundrum. The Seattle conundrum is you don't, you never know which line to stack because they have three playable lines. And on the flip side, they're, you know, stacking against them. They're a good defensive team. They just have awful goaltending. So this game is kind of like, it, it feels like you can avoid it, but it also feels like important because if Seattle goaltending is bad, this is a pretty good power play spot because of it. You're going to want to get some flames. They're not getting much ownership. And on the flip side, flames are back to back on the road. So playing some Kraken might make some sense. Yeah, um, I'll start quickly on the Seattle side. It'd be the McCann, Beneers, Everly line um, that I would go to. Now, they're definitely running hot this season. They're shooting over 19% in their 180-minute sample. Like half that would be a reasonable rate. Um, but they are controlling the play when they're on the ice. 2.6 expected goals for 1.9 against. So they are running the show um, when they are together and they typically don't play against top lines. Like they'll probably play against Huberto, Kadri and Lucic here. Um, I don't think this should be a big surprise, but um, in a 90 minute sample with Kadri and Lucic together, defensive numbers aren't great. Um, 2.8 expected goals against 4.6 actual goals against. Um, I think the softest matchup on the Calgary side is that second line. And that's the line that McCann, Veneers and Everly will get. Um, Eberle has been shooting um, a little bit more. He's at like 2.7, 2.8 shots per game over his last 16 games, basically half their season, which is uh, really nice to see because he wasn't shooting that much earlier in the season. Um, Eberle and McCann, um, both on, um, they were on the top power play unit before um, the holiday, but, you know, this team changes up their power play unit seemingly like every game. So, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. Um but McCann's um, having a nice season of his own, even if he's shooting percentage a little, a little bit high. So I think the best matchup for Seattle's McCann, Beneers, Everly line. Schwartz, Wenberg, Burakovsky is kind of interesting, but they haven't necessarily been playing that well together this year. Break even by expected goal share. Um, same thing with that Seattle third line below water by expected goal share. So it's Seattle two that I think has been their best line at least since this Kurt, you know, something approaching this iteration of the lines was put together. So McCann, Beneers, Everly on the flame side, <laughs> Dylan Dubé reminds me of Joel Armia, which probably isn't a good thing. Um, you just watch him in the offensive zone. Like, you know, he's kind of shifty. He can get the puck around a defender and then he'll just whip the puck to where he thinks someone is. And the guy's just not there. And then, you know, he basically just ices it himself. I saw him do that at least once last night. Turns the puck over. Like, I just don't think he's a good fit on that top line. Um, they do have good numbers in a small sample together. Um, but it's not as if, you know, Calgary played Edmonton last night. So, you know, it's not like they're playing the super stiff competition. Um, you know, their last five games were San Jose twice, Los Angeles, Anaheim, Edmonton. Um, not exactly a murderer's row of team for the Calgary top line to rack up some good stats against. So, yeah, I think they're fine, but honestly, I think it's the Calgary third line that I like the best. Manjapani, Backlund, and Coleman. Um, really, really good in a small sample together. 94 shot attempts per 60 minutes in their 55 minutes together. That's a power play. And um, 
the Donato Gord Bjorkstrand line for Seattle hasn't been particularly good, uh, specifically Gord and Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand's struggling defensively this year. So Calgary three, um, Seattle one is what I'm taking from this game. Yeah, I agree on the Seattle side with McCann, Beneers, Everlay. They were always, they've, well, not always, but they've been my preferred option recently. On the flame side, it's just, it's just kind of tough just because, like, yeah, the five on five matchup. You're going to want to play Manji Pani back on Coleman against that Gord Donato Bjorkstrand line. But at the same time, like if Seattle takes a bunch of penalties and their goaltending lets them down, you know, Flames could score a couple power play goals here and you're going to want the power play guys. Uh, I mean, like I would lean towards Lindholm to fully Dubay. If you want to leave Dubay off, that's fine. I have been leaving him in. Um, I, I just don't want to play Kadri Lucic Huberdeau. Like, they're going to get a tough five-on-five matchup. If you want to leave off Dubay and add in, like, a Huberdo for more power play, that's fine. But I think my preferred option on the Calgary side is that top line. Both of these top lines are my preferred option. If you want to take some pieces of that third line, I think that's perfectly fine um, as well. Lots of third lines. Cliffy likes tonight. I like the Vegas third line, Calgary third line for sure the best. Let's move to the blue line here. If you are going to use that top line, uh, for Seattle, I think the defenseman you want to use for the power play is Vinny Dunn. Vinny Dunn runs the McCann unit. Justin Schultz runs the Beneers, Wenberg, Bjorkstrand, Sprong unit. Like they split power play time, but Vinny Dunn plays more five on five. So I just kind of go to him there. Jamie Alexiak is all right. Adam Larson, a bit pricey, but he's okay. On the flame side, I think it's Rasmus Anderson or Chris Tanev for me. Yeah, probably Anderson. I think Hannafin, he's kind of running out of steam a little bit. I was He was putting up great peripherals earlier in the season. He's got 19 straight games without a shot bonus, um, under two shots per game in that span. Um, that's not what he was doing earlier in the season, which um, probably lends me to go to Anderson. Because you're right, it is a good power play spot. So if you want to put like... Anderson in instead of Dubé, put him with Lynn Holman to Foley or something like that. I think it's perfectly fine. Um, we'll agree uh, on uh, Jamie Oleksiak. Uh, don't mind him at sub 3K. Justin Schultz, his power play unit has typically been the better Seattle power play unit. Calgary does have a good penalty kill, but takes a lot of penalties. They're kind of like Boston in that sense. So uh, don't mind Justin Schultz here. Yep. Coming up after us at 5 p.m., the NBA Deeper Dive with Emac. And Adam, and then NBA Live before lock at 6 p.m. with Greg and Eric. <sighs> should we, goalies on the slate. Huh? Just, to, just to jump in real quick, should we uh, put together a quick lineup um, like we did yesterday, just a sample lineup of some of the plays that we liked here so far on this slate? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. Let's bring up our, our lot, trusty lineup builder. We're going to build a DraftKings lineup. Who are we going to use as a primary stack here on this slate? I think, we... I think if you're spending up, you have to pick between Tampa 1 and Pittsburgh 1. Okay. Well, we'll just go with Tampa 1 then. Seems easy enough. They're going to bash the brains in out of my habs anyway. So um, probably fair to go with that. Um, I was wondering you can probably fit Vegas one in with that, right? Let's try it. <laughs> that's, the build, that's the beauty of the lineup builder. Yeah, because, I mean, if you put in the Vegas top line, which we just put in, you can see on the right side of your screen, um, I mean, we probably need to go with a cheap-ish goal. We don't even need a cheap goalie. Like, we can start Allmark if you want. Well, was that, what does that leave us for a defenseman? Um, 3100 50 each so we can put in like a $3,500 defenseman somewhere we got to put in our boy Jake Wallman oh yeah can't forget about Wallman got to put in Wallman <laughs> give me the Wallman all right 3300 for a defenseman we could use Siegenthaler um we could use Chernak um you know we Let's could see. use Nick Haig Haig's probably the guy with going with a Vegas stack don't you think yeah because they'll, they'll be playing together five on five so yeah all right, let's do that. There we go. Um, Tampa one, Vegas one, Wallman, Haig, and Allmark, 92.87 projection on DraftKings. Just a sample lineup for everybody to use. Um, see how easy it is to build a lineup um, as you're just following along or um, as you're just sitting at your desk or if you're just enjoying some uh, off time on the holidays. 
pretty easy to, if you're just using going with a few lineups to just use our lineup builder uh, and put together what uh, what you like and see what fits. Yeah, it is one of my favorite tools. I use it all the time. You can also export your lineups too. If you find one that you really like, you can export it so you don't forget like me. Um, yeah, so 10 teams playing tonight, 10 goalies. This feels like a really shaky slate for goalies. Not really different than any other night, but who do you who do you like in net? Uh, I think my number one is Allmark. Um, I'm going to pay up a little bit for him. He just had a really good game against New Jersey. He's been really good all season long. I think there's a good chance of both volume and not giving up like five goals. So I think Allmark. Um, if you want to kind of ride the lightning a little bit here tonight, I think John Gibson. 7,100 at home against Vegas, as long as he doesn't give up five goals of his own, um, probably in play. I'll mention Philly Huso, another cheap goalie on the road uh, against Pittsburgh. Kind of, you know, I, I think it it's kind of like the Stuart Skinner spot uh, for Edmonton last night. Could see some reasonable volume at a cheap price. Um, don't mind Huso. So Allmark if I'm paying up a little bit, Gibson Huso if I'm paying down. Yeah, I'll just talk about real quickly. I think like the two goalies for like cash games i don't know if they're great gpp plays andre vasilevsky 8500 this is a very winnable matchup for tampa bay you just worry about paying up 8500 for goalies in gpps they have to get a shutout really to hit value here there is some shutout equity for sure here for tampa bay tonight montreal is the lowest total on the night so if you want to spend up for vasilevsky i think that's fine also casey DeSmith smith at 8100 uh, I don't think there is as much shutout equity here, but I think, you know, paying up for him, if you don't want to spend for Olmark on the road, is perfectly fine. Who are you looking for your hat trick pick tonight? Considering how much faith I've had in him over the last, let's call it 15 months, and the fact that he's finally getting a spot on the second line, I'm going with Ross Colton from Tampa Bay. Got, I got worried there for a second. You're going to say Pat Maroon, and my <laughs> my laptop was just going to implode. <laughs> just go right out the right out the front window. Yeah, just wee. Um, let's see here. I'm going to go. I don't know who I'm going to go here. This slate is, as the people call, not great. I'm going to go a little bit spicy. I'm going to go Brian Rust. I like it. Uh, we like the Pittsburgh second line, yeah. so maybe he gets there for us here tonight. Yeah, we'll see. Haven't got, I haven't sniffed the power play uh, pick yet. I haven't picking some ridiculously bad people, but that is my own fault. So for Slim Cliffy, I am Josh Harris. We will be back tomorrow for a nice medium-sized slate on your Thursday afternoon. So click those links in the description, sign up for all that jazz. We'll see you in Discord. Say, uh, Say what's up. I came from YouTube. And good luck, everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow. Good luck, everyone. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.